In the 8th century BC, the king of the southern kingdom of Israel, the nation called Judah, was a man named Ahaz. He was not a good king. He was not a moral man. Really, the whole of the nation of Israel, both the northern and southern kingdoms, were not exactly walking in righteousness before God, which is crazy to think about because they were chosen out by God to be God's people and to be priests of God before the whole world. But They failed at that. And in the 8th century BC, they were right at about the end of God's patience and his grace. God had been patient and gracious for a very long time. That's really one of the wonderful things about God when he reveals himself in the scriptures. When he introduced himself to Moses some 600 or 700 years prior to the time of Ahaz, he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness. Another translation translates that word long-suffering in another English translation of the Bible as slow to anger. God is slow to anger. You see that when you study the books of the Bible in the Old Testament, but God is also just and he will by no means clear the guilty. He will not overlook guilt. So although he is awesomely slow to anger, there does come a time where God will bring his judgment. And that was the time that was taking place in the time of Ahaz. It was to be a time of judgment for the people of Israel. So when God is going to judge his people, how does he do that? What does it look like when he is bringing judgment? Well, he had already told his people what he would do to bring judgment upon them hundreds of years before the time of Ahaz. He told them through Moses in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, he explained to them what would happen if they departed from keeping his law. And he said, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, Moses said, all these curses will come upon and overtake you. Cursed you shall be in the city. Cursed you shall be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in. Cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. He goes on, he says, the Lord will curse you and you will be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. I could go on and on. The curses just continue over and over again in Deuteronomy chapter 28, but I think you get the picture. So The 8th century BC was a time of judgment for the people of Israel, both in the north and in the south. And the instrument of God's judgment for the people of Israel at that point in history was going to be the nation of Assyria. Isaiah chapter 10 says that Assyria would be the rod of God's anger and the staff in whose hand was his indignation. God says through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Judah, he says, I will send him, the Assyrians, against an ungodly nation. God's 
own people had become to him an ungodly nation. And he says, and against the people of my wrath, I will give the Assyrians charge to seize the spoil, to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. You see, oftentimes when we think of God's judgment and his indignation, we think of fire from heaven and some massive act of God in some huge move of a storm or something. But sometimes, perhaps many or even most times, the judgment of God is just the removal of his hand of protection and blessing. He just takes away his hand of protection and allows the brokenness of the world to affect them. And that brokenness, it could come in the form of natural evils, natural disasters, but it could also come in the form of malevolent evil at the hands of someone like the Assyrians. Why were the Assyrians so powerful in the 8th century BC? If you study history from the 8th century BC, you will see that they were mighty. That's the rise of the Assyrian Empire. And you'll read of kings like Tiglath-Pileser and Shalmaneser and Sargon and Sennacherib. And you wonder, why were they so powerful? If you would have asked those kings, then they would have thought that it had everything to do with their power and their might and their strategy. We get a, a peek into their mindset at, through the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 10, verse 13, that the mindset of the kings of Assyria was, by the strength of my hand, I have done this by my own wisdom, for I am prudent. Also, I have removed the boundaries of the people and have robbed their treasuries. So I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man. I'm the one who comes in and just destroys all these massive kingdoms. But in reality, it wasn't his strength and his power. When you look behind the veil into the spiritual realm, which is what the scriptures give us, they give us a peek into the spiritual realm, you find that the Assyrians, they ascended in power in the 8th century BC because God was going to use them to be an instrument of judgment upon his people. That's the scene that the scriptures give for us. And as soon as God's judgment upon his people was done, then the Assyrians were done. They, they faded at that point in time. Again, Isaiah chapter 10, Therefore it shall come to pass, in verse 12, when the Lord has performed all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, when he's done judging the people of Israel and Judah, then he will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his haughty looks. And that's exactly what God did. So if God worked mightily in apparently earthly ways 2,800 years ago, does he still do so today? To us, it may just be an economic turmoil or global chaos it may be pandemics and pestilences and natural disasters, leanness and leadership, confusion and government. But maybe, just maybe, God still works mightily in apparently worldly ways. Something to think about. We'll see you next time.